everyone, this is Amy Hill. Thanks for tuning in to Amy on the Hill, a podcast born out of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, which says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. This is Amy. Thanks for listening. If you're listening in real time, you know this episode is being released on Memorial Day weekend. So I just want to start off today by remembering those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and by sincerely thanking all of those who have served or are currently serving in the military. I have several friends whose spouses are service members, and I know. It's a huge sacrifice for families as well. So I'd, I'd like to also acknowledge our military families who also make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom here in the United States. It's no joke that we have the freedom to be able to worship God and discuss ideas like we discuss here on the podcast without fear. Uh, so thank you so much. And God bless those of you who have given and continue to give so much for our freedom. Okay, so since the podcast has been shortened for the next couple of months, and since we've got a lot of great stuff to discuss in the episode today, I'm going to jump right in now with a time of prayer and we'll get started. I do realize it's probably easy to just listen to this prayer time without necessarily engaging your mind and your heart, but I would ask that you please give your full attention for the next few minutes and enter into this time of prayer with me. Dear Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask your blessing and your favor over our lives. Lord, we know your blessing and your favor doesn't mean you'll do just as we want according to our timeline. You are God. You're in charge. But we do ask, according to your word, that whatever you allow in our lives, even the very difficult things... We ask, Lord, that you would work those things together for our good and for your glory. Help us to submit ourselves to you. Help us to turn our lives over to you day after day, especially when what we've got going on in our lives doesn't make sense to us. Help us to focus on the many blessings in our lives, Lord. You are so good to us. Don't let us miss your many kindnesses to us because we're so focused on what we don't have or how far we have to go. That being said, uh, we know uh, there are those of us among us who are going through some especially difficult things right now. Some are facing a scary diagnosis or a painful illness. Some are dealing with a sudden loss. Some uh, are dealing with an especially difficult relationship. I'm also sure that some of us have serious financial burdens. Some are struggling with infertility, job loss, fear, addiction, depression, loneliness. We don't want to minimize these things either, Lord. You don't minimize these things. 
Um, you are so tender toward us in the midst of these very hard trials. But Lord, we do ask that you would help us to focus on your goodness to us regardless of where we are. Help us to see your hand of provision even through the thickest clouds. Help us to believe you love us intellectually, but also help us to personally experience your love and know you love us in the deepest part of our hearts. We want to love you and serve you. We don't want to waste our lives or even our hardships. We want everything that happens to bring you glory. So please help us to trust you to do that. Please also use this podcast discussion and our reading of your word and our reading of Crazy Love to continue the good work you've started in us. Again, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so last week we read James chapter 2 from the Bible, and out of crazy love we read the first chapter, chapter 1, entitled Stop Praying. Stop Praying is definitely an unlikely title for a chapter in a book like this, but you'll remember this chapter was very much about increasing our reverence for God. This chapter uh, was about increasing in our understanding of Him who God is and how we know him. And Francis Chan opened up this chapter by reminding us when we're truly mindful of who God is, we aren't inclined to just rush into prayer irreverently. And I think that's what he means by this chapter title, Stop Praying. He wants us to stop just talking at God all the time and instead reflect, reflect on who who God is. Consider his majesty. Be humbled by his power and greatness. Submit ourselves to him. Worship him and adore him before we just, you know, dump all over him in prayer. And, you know, as a side to this, you know, I do want to counter by saying that we are invited to approach the throne of grace with boldness rooted in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, I'll speak for myself on this, but sometimes just dumping everything out in prayer at the foot of the throne of grace is the only way I'm going to survive. Um, you know, but that being said, Francis's teaching in this chapter did resonate very much with me, specifically um, when Francis said, we are a culture that relies on technology over community and a society in which spoken and written words are cheap, easy to come by, and success excessive. Um, when he said that, I was just like, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, Crazy Love was first published in 2008. Uh, that was only nine years ago. Um, but I think that statement, you know, we're a culture that relies on technology over community, a society in which spoken and written words are cheap, easy to come by, and excessive. Uh, I think this statement is even more true today than it was in 2008. Uh, 2008 was a significant year for me because it was the year I became a mother for the first time, you know, so I can think back to 2008 
and I have a pretty vivid memory of what daily life was like for me then. I didn't have an iPhone in 2008. I didn't even have an iPad in 2008. I did have a Facebook account, but I didn't have a Twitter account. I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't read any blogs. I'm pretty sure I still got my Netflix movies in the mail. So in even just nine years, it seems technology and cheap excessive words and opinions continue uh, to detrimentally increase. And for that reason, it's even more important that we consider uh, what Francis has to say here. In his writing here, of course, Francis was drawing from the Bible, uh, and it seems he was specifically drawing from Solomon's writing in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, he didn't specifically reference uh, those verses in the Bible, but um, I'm certain that that's what he's referring to. Uh, so in order to fully appreciate what is being communicated to us here, I want us to actually read those verses uh, together now, okay? So if you have a Bible handy, you can look that up. Otherwise, just prepare your heart to hear the word of the Lord from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, and I'm going to read to you out of the English Standard Version. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much busyness and a fool's words with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. Hey guys, okay, so this is a little off topic, but I did want to say, if you're noticing a little bit of difference in the sound this week, um, I apologize for that. Hopefully it doesn't sound bad. I can't really tell. I got a new computer, which was kind of an exciting thing, but I had to because my other computer, it was like a 2010, and it finally, the hard drive finally went on it, and I was forced to get a new computer, but I'm happy about it, but at the same time, um, the operating system on this computer um, is a little different from my other one, and so some of the features that I was using on the other one are just changed on this one. I'm trying to figure it out, um, so yeah, I don't know how 
it sounds. I'm trying to do my best to make it sound like it used to sound. If anyone out there has any tips for me, if you're a sound engineer and you'd like to offer any uh, insights, I will happily um, take any advice you have to offer. But anyway, back to crazy love. Uh, after reminding us of the teaching in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Francis went on to say that our culture is slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. Does anyone recognize that phrase? If you're reading along with us, you know that in addition to reading through Crazy Love, we're also reading through the book of James out of the Bible. And last week we read James chapter 1. And in James chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, we are told, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. But again, here Francis is saying our culture is the opposite of this. Our culture is slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. So I thought that was just interesting. That was just a God thing that it turned out he was again referencing um, part of the scripture that we just read. Uh, he again, he didn't specifically point to it when he mentioned that uh, in chapter one, but uh, if you were paying attention, you might have picked up on that yourself. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to throw it out there. What do you think about that? Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's a fair assessment of our culture? Do you think that's a fair assessment of us, of you and me? And if so, I wonder which one of these things you struggle with the most. Are you slow to listen? Uh, listening, listening's an interesting thing. I don't think, I don't think any of us um, really are are great listeners in today's day and age, because listening requires that we take time. Listening requires that we consider what someone else is saying. That we engage our brains. Uh, I think it requires us to learn, to think critically, to process. It's not a passive exercise. Uh, to listen, to truly listen, is to be actively engaged. And uh, for me lately, you know, it's come to my attention that I, I do like to listen, but I like to listen to people who agree with me. I like to read news from a perspective that aligns with mine. I like to sit under teachers who interpret things exactly the same way I interpret things. And I've been realizing lately in filtering my intake of information this way, to some degree, I've been failing to really listen. And in failing to listen, I'm failing to learn. I'm failing to be truly available emotionally to people who see the world differently from me. And um, it's just it's just something that's been really a new concept to me, something that I'm realizing that I need to be a better listener. Uh, on March 23rd on Twitter, uh, Beth Moore tweeted a few sentences I think are helpful in considering this idea of listening. She said, when we refuse to listen to people of differing beliefs, we're not showing conviction. We're exposing our underbelly fear of being wrong. 
Not all walls of hostility require agreement to fall. Some crumble when people know they are heard. Listening is not assent, it's respect. Isn't that a good word? When we refuse to listen to people of differing beliefs, we're not showing conviction. We're exposing our underbelly fear of being wrong. Not all walls of hostility require agreement to fall. Some crumble when people know they are heard. Listening is not assent, it's respect. I think that's a good word. And I think listening is a really powerful tool that we can use in forging a bond with people who differ from us. And I think that's why it's so important that we be quick to listen, that we be willing to put in the effort it takes to listen, which is no small or easy thing. It's a work of the Spirit of God for us to actively engage in the practice of listening to the people in our lives. And I think our society now more than ever needs Christians who are willing to be able to bridge the gap by listening to people who see things differently than us. And again, listening is not assent, it's respect. Okay, so what about speaking? Are you quick to speak? Remember Francis said, uh, spoken and written words are cheap, easy to come by, and excessive in our culture. <laughs> I was thinking we probably don't burn one calorie hating retweet or sharing a post on our Facebook pages. It takes little uh, to no effort, and yet these words and images uh, we're sharing daily, they speak volumes. They speak. They speak. We have been speaking more than ever before to larger groups of audience. You might not have a, a podcast, but you have a huge audience every single day that you're speaking to, which is crazy to think about it. Um, you know, because we speak with more than spoken words. We speak with written words. We speak with likes. We speak with images. We speak by sharing other people's writing. And it's a huge responsibility to handle words carefully. I read another tweet the other day, and I don't know who the author was. I just read it in passing, but it said something like, writers should not explain what they do by saying something, you know, like, I play with words. Uh, instead, writers should say, I work with dangerously hazardous materials that can either cause serious damage or accomplish great good. And, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing that again, but when I read that, I thought, you know, that's right. I think handling words is kind of like walking around with sharp instruments that can inadvertently hurt people really badly if we're not careful about how we use them. And we need God's help in order to use our words well. Lastly, I want to ask you, how are you with anger? Are you quick to get angry? I think what sets each one of us off is probably really different from person to person. I know uh, some people get really angry really quickly when driving. You know, that's for some reason with me. I don't really care that I don't get like road rage, but I know that that's a common thing. Um, other people can get really worked up over politics. 
Uh, I get really angry when I feel misunderstood or when I'm frustrated. I have a more difficult time in like actual relationship with people in my day-to-day life than I do with like a stranger on 295. My kids seem to know how to get me angry pretty easily. And, you know, I wonder if there are certain people in your life that can also set you off, certain situations that are like the perfect storm for you to lose it. You know, I think road rage is such a big thing. You know, now I'm not citing anything here, but, you know, I just think that I think road rage is such a big thing because, you know, first of all, we're so rushed as a society uh, especially where I live on the East Coast, we're all trying to get somewhere fast and we probably didn't uh, give ourselves enough time to do it. And so for that reason, we're really angry when something doesn't go our way on the road. But, you know, besides that, I think it's such a big thing, you know, road rage, because there's a certain level of, like, anonymity uh, in your car. People can zip away from each other uh, after, you know, flipping someone off and think, you know, they'll never have to see them again. Um, that person can't really say anything to them because they're in a car. So there's kind of like this shield when you're in a car on the road. And I think there's a similar thing going on online today. You know, people are being so rude. I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but I've just witnessed threads back and forth on just different news sites. Some people, you know, even on a Facebook feed, but people will be so rude to other people, you know, while hiding behind a computer screen. And it's concerning, to be honest. It's concerning that so many of us have such disregard for other people and we get so angry and vile toward each other so quickly. And so for us, you know, especially as believers, if we're also exhibiting these types of behaviors, you know, this is definitely something we want to confess to God. And it's something we want to ask him to help us overcome according to a work of his spirit. We are a culture of many words, little reflection, unending technological interruption, excess, and irreverence. Contrary to what we're told in James chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, we are slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. And yet, at the outset of this book, Francis challenged us to take a beat, to stop, and to begin this book by gazing at God in silence. I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to watch the video, The All Factor. Early on in the chapter, Francis asked us to stop and go watch that video. If you haven't had a chance to watch it like Francis, I also want to encourage you to check it out. It is available on Francis Chan's website, crazylovebook.com. Again, that's crazy lovebook.com and it's also available under the resources section of my website amyonthehill.com so check it out it's definitely worth watching I was cracking up recently because my friend Allison 
who is participating in this book study. <laughs> Hi, Allison, if you're listening. Um, she said that she thought Francis Chan looked kind of militant in his picture on the book. This is her first introduction to Francis Chan. And if this is your first introduction, too, I just want to say Francis is... Uh, definitely a serious guy, but I wouldn't classify him as militant. He's actually kind of a laid-back but exceedingly passionate California dude, if that's possible to imagine. So if you watched that video, not only will you be amazed and humbled by the magnitude of our God, you will also get a visual picture of Francis Chan and you'll get to hear his voice and tone and so when you're reading along you'll have a better sense of the author, which I think is helpful as a reader. So again, be sure to check out that video. There are actually videos that correspond with every chapter of this book. It's up to you whether or not you want to watch those videos. I really want to recommend, again, that you watch the first video, The All Factor. But other than that, again, it's really your call. I don't think I actually even watched any of those videos other than The All Factor um, the first time I read this book. And, you know, I still got a ton out of reading the book. Uh, I probably will watch the videos this time around since I'm leading this podcast discussion of the book. But again, you decide what you want to do there. Okay, so surprisingly, we are already running out of time on this episode. There were so many other great points of discussion we could have unpacked today, and we're still just in the first chapter of this book. I actually wish I had a little more time to devote to some of those other topics. For instance, Francis's admission that he sometimes struggles with how to properly respond to God's magnitude in a world bent on ignoring or merely tolerating God. I related to that so much. I also appreciated Francis's willingness to acknowledge that it can be really confusing when loving God is hard. It seems like it should be easy to love God, but sometimes we don't feel like loving God. And Francis also touched on that in chapter one. Uh, he also pointed out that our culture attempts to program us to focus on what we don't have. It stirs up this like perpetual state of dissatisfaction and causes us to forget that we already have everything we need in Christ. Uh, Francis also posed what A.W. Tozer called the gravest questions before us. What is God like? And how do we learn to know him? Francis reminded us that a lot of people uh, say, you know, whatever you want to believe about God is fine, so long as you're sincere. But uh, Francis reminded us that we don't get to decide who God is. God already has a name and an identity. He is holy. He has always been. He is all-knowing and knows each one of us personally. All things were created by him and for him. He is fair and just. And in the words of Francis, you know, when we disagree, let's not assume it's God's reasoning that needs correction. There were just so many uh, great points of discussion that we could have unpacked, but for now, unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, so we're going to have to conclude. But if you're reading along with us uh, this week, we're going to be reading... Chapter 2 of Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, and out of the Bible, 
we're going to be reading James chapter 3. Again, if you're reading along in Crazy Love, it's going to be chapter 2. And out of the Bible, James chapter 3. As always, if at any point uh, you forget what we're scheduled to read this week, you can always find a link for our reading schedule under the resources section of my website, amyonthehill.com. Again, that's where you can also find links uh, to the chapter videos and to the all factor video that I mentioned. Uh, while you're there, also be sure to sign up for my mailing list so you can receive an update every time a new blog post or podcast episode is released. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. On both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is AmyBXHill. Again, that's Amy, A-M-Y, B-X Hill. I also have an Amy on the Hill Facebook page. So it'd be great to connect with you on there also. For those of you who are new to the podcast this week, I just wanted to say before we go, thank you so much for listening in. I hope you'll tune in again and perhaps even join us in our reading. You definitely you know, don't have to read along in order to benefit from this podcast, but you're also not too far behind if you do want to go out and grab a copy of this book and catch up with us. We're only starting chapter two this week, so you will be easily able to catch up. Likewise, if any of you listening have any friends you think might benefit from reading this book and listening in, please invite them. Again, we're just getting started here, so it's a great time to jump in. Okay, so with that, let me close us with the blessing of the benediction found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.